everyone. Happy Thanksgiving, and welcome to the Fantasy Consigliere Podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Chapin. This will be a little bit shorter of an episode, so I'll hit on some thumbs-up options at each position. I'll also provide six trade targets for teams looking ahead to the fantasy playoffs. First up, the thumbs-up options at quarterback. A lot of people might be fading Russell Wilson after back-to-back duds, but I'd be holding out hope for a big performance on Monday night as Washington is still allowing the most points per game to opposing fantasy quarterbacks. Wilson is too good of a player with too good of weapons to stay quiet for too long, and hopefully the extra day with the game coming on Monday night will help out in getting his finger a little bit healthier. Plus, with the way Taylor Heineke has played, combined with Seattle getting lit up by Colt McCoy, I'd say this primetime game, where Wilson has typically shined, has definite shootout potential. Most are understandably ranking Wilson as a low-end QB1 option for this week, but I have him as a borderline top five play. And you know the Seahawks won't mail it in at three and seven. I also like both DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett as top 10 plays at wide receiver against an overmatched Washington secondary. Now for the quarterbacks on Sunday, starting with Carson Wentz. The Buccaneers return to form on Monday night against the Giants. But Indianapolis, particularly because of the offensive line, will be a more formidable opponent. And the success of Jonathan Taylor should lead to favorable looks for Wentz. And aside from the wide receivers, mainly Michael Pittman Jr. and T.Y. Hilton, the Colts will also get Taylor, Naheem Hines, Jack Doyle, and Mo Alley Cox involved in the passing attack. Wentz didn't put up big numbers last week against Buffalo, but back at home, I like him as a high-end streaming option. Matt Ryan also didn't put up numbers last week, but Atlanta's offense was simply overmatched by New England, and Sunday feels like a spot where Matty Ice will be okay, even with Calvin Ridley still away from the team. Where Jacksonville has been tough defensively is against the run, so I think Ryan will be able to find holes with Kyle Pitts, Russell Gage, and hopefully Cordell Patterson, along with the complementary weapons. If you need a quarterback with Kyler Murray or Patrick Mahomes on a bye, Ryan could be a good fill-in option for redraft owners. Lastly, I like Zach Wilson to have a nice game if he returns to the lineup on Sunday. The Texans will play hard defensively, but with Elijah Moore stepping up for New York and a few weeks on the sideline, to get a new perspective, I think Wilson could come out firing if he returns to the lineup. This is another game with sneaky shootout potential based on how the Jets have played on defense, so I think this would be a good spot if Wilson is healthy to return and hopefully build some confidence down the stretch. Wilson might be better viewed as a cheap DFS option because I'm not sure you want to be trusting him with playoffs potentially on the line in redraft leagues, but I'm still high on the talent, and again, the Jets have some weapons. If Joe Flacco ends up getting another start, he'd also be a decent option. And we'll see if the team gets Corey Davis more involved as defenses are forced to give more attention to the rookie Moore who has started over the past four weeks. Now for the thumbs up at running back, starting with Tony Pollard on Thanksgiving. It's a great matchup versus a Las Vegas defense that was just shredded by Joe Mixon. And the talented running back will be a big part of the offense whether or not CeeDee Lamb clears the concussion protocol in time for Thanksgiving. Last week, Pollard definitely should have gotten more than nine touches. He's seen the rip-off chunk plays every time he got the ball. And I think balance will be the key for getting the Cowboys back on track offensively. I'll get to another player for the Cowboys in a little bit, but Pollard can be the number two or number three option for them this week. Another young running back I like in week 12 is Javante Williams. He gets a great matchup against the Chargers. And coming out of the bye, perhaps Denver will lean more on their rookie runner, including out of the backfield as a pass catcher. The last game for the Broncos was a blowout against the Eagles, but Williams saw a season high 57% of the snaps played, which is notable. Denver's second-round pick has been someone that I have said might not take the starting job this season, 
and I still like Melvin Gordon also as an RB2 play. But Williams is an upside play against LA, and I think I'll find the end zone on the ground for the first time since week three. You can find our full rankings at wolfsports.com, but I have Williams in the top 20 at running back. Moving on to another guy that can be classified as a 1B in the backfield, Jeff Wilson versus Minnesota. I know people were discouraged about last week in terms of fantasy production. Elijah Mitchell returning from his finger injury would push Wilson to the flex radar. But if not, you could stick with him as an RB2 option. I'm sure Minnesota's defense will be trying to stop Debo Samuel and George Kittle. So Wilson, if he draws a start, should get a good chance to rebound from last week. Finishing off the running backs, Tevin Coleman is available in almost every league. And I like him as a one-week flyer and a good matchup against Houston with Michael Carter out of the lineup. Coleman hasn't really gotten an extended opportunity in New York, but he's shown he still has burst from what I've seen. And I believe last week when Carter left the game, Coleman out carried Ty Johnson 5-1. to one. So with New York wanting to have some kind of running game on Sunday, especially if Zach Wilson is under center, I like Coleman to carry some upside as either flex play or bargain bin option in daily fantasy lineups. Jumping over to the wide receivers, I'm assuming C.D. Lamb will find a way to get cleared on Thanksgiving. Still, I like Michael Gallup as a wide receiver to play either way. If Lamb is in the lineup, Gallup will get more favorable coverage, but if not, he'll be Dak Prescott's number one wide receiver, and he's always been a guy that Dak trusts to make plays down the field. People would probably be viewing Gallup's outlook much differently right now if he would have connected on one of the deep shots, including on the game's opening drive last week, but there will still be valuable targets for him on Thursday. So Gallup should be viewed as a high upside wide receiver too. And again, with Amari Cooper already out and Lamb questionable, we could see Gallup be the number two option on offense behind Ezekiel Elliott. So whether or not Lamb is back, I'd be feeling good about Gallup on Thursday. Before him, I'd also feel good about Darnell Mooney against Detroit. Allen Robinson, with a hamstring injury, looks unlikely to play. And Mooney saw a whopping 16 targets in Week 11. He only caught five passes, but it resulted in 121 yards and a touchdown. And I'm sure Chicago's top receiver will be heavily targeted again. In the first matchup against the Lions, Mooney caught 5-7 targets for 125 yards. And Andy Dalton might make the passing attack even more reliable than Justin Fields would have. Overall, Mooney has a very similar outlook to the aforementioned Gallup on Thanksgiving. And like Gallup, I like him whether or not Allen Robinson is able to play. I hit on Zach Wilson earlier. And I'm also optimistic about Elijah Moore staying hot. Moore is a guy I discussed almost every episode to start the season. Even when he didn't have a big role, he got to believe in the talent, and it's come to fruition over the past four weeks. Their performances have come with three different quarterbacks under center. So if Wilson becomes a fourth, following Mike White, Josh Johnson, and Joe Flacco, I don't think it will really matter, as Moore has positioned himself onto the wide receiver two map in redraft leagues. For the final wideout, he's, for me, a must-start every week because of the upside. But in case people are still skeptical about the boom-robust nature of its game, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen has turned into the top target for Justin Herbert and is also a wide receiver to play. But Sunday against the Broncos just feels like a spot where Williams will again explode. And hopefully the game-winning touchdown on Sunday night will lead to him being a big part on offense for all four quarters. Last week he started fast, I think three receptions for 41 yards on the first drive, and then obviously ended on a high note with the touchdown. So hopefully the Chargers get back to making the big-bodied wideout a featured part of the offense. And I'm keeping him ranked as a borderline wide receiver one, wide receiver two for week 12. Now for the tight ends, this is typically a tough position to pick out thumbs up options for because it's so thin overall, but I actually think I'm able to get four for this week. First, sticking with the Chargers-Broncos game, Noah Fan I like as a top 10 play. Los Angeles is allowing the second most fantasy points per game to opposing tight ends. 
and they've allowed multiple scores to the position in back-to-back weeks. Coming off the bye, I'm hopeful Denver will get Fant more involved, and I like the chances of this game turning into a shootout with the way the Chargers have played defensively. I don't have Fant listed as a buy-low option when I get to the trade targets in a moment, but I think generally he's probably a little undervalued, and he could be a cheap tight end one target for those in need at the position. Next up, Logan Thomas against Seattle, and he's a player I do actually have as a trade target in redraft leagues. For this week, Jamal Adams and the Seattle defense couldn't cover Zach Ertz last Sunday. He caught two touchdowns, had 88 yards, and like Fant, but even to a larger extent because he's been out for so long, Thomas is definitely an undervalued tight end one play. I'd certainly be checking in on Thomas to see if he's available. And if he plays on Monday night, you can immediately slot him back into lineups. Two more to finish off. Advice for this week, Dan Arnold versus Atlanta and David Njoku at Baltimore. For Arnold, he didn't have a catch last week. It was a disappointing game for those who finally bought in to him as an option at tight end. But the matchup was tough against the Niners. And Jacksonville losing to Maul Agnew for the season should only give Arnold a bigger role. Prior to last week when he wasn't targeted, Arnold had 60-plus yards in four or five games. And it's been no secret how much Urban Meyer likes him as a player. He only faced the Falcons once back in 2018. But Arnold caught four passes for 45 yards and score. So I wouldn't hesitate to go back to him. For Njoku, the Ravens have struggled to defend opposing tight ends, and with the Cleveland offense struggling in general, I think it might be wise to give him a larger role. Last season, Njoku caught 6 of 7 targets for 95 yards and a touchdown in 2 games against the Ravens, and he should avoid Marlon Humphrey when lined up in the slot. And I think the Browns will have to put up points on Sunday night, so Njoku has a decent ceiling for a guy that's likely available in your league. As stated, this is going to be a shorter episode, so let's get right into the trade targets. Many leagues have their trade deadline on Wednesday, so these are guys for those looking ahead to the fantasy playoffs that I would be trying to acquire. At quarterback, Jalen Hurts, he'll have a bye in week 14, but beyond that, he'll take on Washington in week 15, and again, they have the 32nd ranked pass defense in terms of fantasy points allowed to opposing quarterbacks, followed by the Giants in week 16, and then Washington again in week 17. Thanks to Tom Brady already having his bye week, Hurts is quietly the overall QB1 through 11 weeks, and I'm not sure he's being appropriately priced considering his upside. If someone in your league doesn't view him as a high-end QB1 or simply skeptical about him keeping it up for down the stretch, Hurts is definitely a top target at quarterback, and it wouldn't be a surprise at all if he finishes a top fantasy scorer in the fantasy playoffs. At running back, Nick Chubb, he's a guy I'm always high on, but those fighting for a playoff spot might want to move on with the schedule of at Baltimore, followed by a bye week, and then facing the Ravens again to finish off the fantasy regular season for those who play 14 weeks. But Cleveland gave Chubb his heaviest workload of the season last week, and they need to keep feeding him if they want to compete in the AFC North. If you want to take more of a risk at the position, it could end up resulting in nothing, but I'd at least check in on the status of Derrick Henry in your league. The short side of the time frame for him to return would have been six weeks. The more likely scenario is that Henry will be out for the season, but he's on that superhuman level where I wouldn't put it past him returning by maybe late December. So he's someone to at least think about. For the wideouts, Antonio Brown is easily the best by low option. The ankle issue has been a bit of a mystery, but he'll be back at some point soon. He was never placed on IR, even if you're worried about matchups for AB with games against the Saints and Panthers. He'll avoid Marshall Lattimore, he'll avoid Stephon Gilmore, and then Brown takes on the Jets for a potential blow-up spot in Week 17. And that reminds me with the potentially fake vaccine card situation 
Chubb, I think, is the only one on the list that has had COVID this year. Do you want to have no worries about a star player getting knocked out by being placed on the COVID list? You can give added value to guys like Chubb or Aaron Rodgers. As because they've had the virus recently, I believe they're safe from being placed on it again within 90 days. So like Chubb, for example, I have him. So I now won't have to worry about him missing a fantasy playoff game by either testing positive or being in close contact. So that's definitely a relief and, and something to consider for those who want peace of mind. Okay, back to the targets. The other wide receiver I'd be trying to acquire is Brandon Ayuk. He's come alive in recent weeks for the Niners. And for anyone that plays week 15 through week 17 for the fantasy playoffs, San Francisco gets great matchups versus the Falcons at the Titans and versus the Texans. The season started slow for Ayuk, but he carries plenty of upside down the stretch. And then finally, as mentioned, Logan Thomas at tight end. This is another one that's all about the matchups. He'll take on the Eagles twice in week 15 and then again in week 17 sandwiching a game against the cowboys so he's a great target if you have concerns about your tight end or simply want an insurance policy and because the COVID issues i guess mentioned it's not a bad idea to have backup options including at quarterback and tight end for the fantasy playoffs so to reiterate the trade targets jalen hurts nick chubb derrick henry antonio brown brandon Ayuk, and logan thomas if you have any trade Questions in particular, feel free to reach out on wolfsports.com via Fantasy Consigliere, which for those who don't know, will provide personal help for your team, whether it's in a redraft or dynasty league. And that will conclude episode 12. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone and enjoy the games. Until next time, I'm Dylan Chapin, and this was the Fantasy Consigliere Podcast. <laughs>